you know, you know, I, I really try to be gracious, try to be humble. You know, I, I try not to be that guy to say, I told you so. But today I'm going to tell you, I told you so. I'm Jake Alexander, and this is the Tweakwell Podcast. So in for a penny, in for a pound. Another Friday has come around. I'm Jake Alexander, the voice in the void, the lone wolf, your favorite host with a list. How the hell are you? I hope you are doing well. I am doing okay. I'm just happy it's Friday. Thank God I am not at work. I am in the booth. I am in the vault. I am behind this mic. I'm in front of my computer, ready to give you another episode. I am just so happy to be here, like always. Uh, you could be doing anything, but you decided to turn into this pokey little podcast. So I'm gonna do my best to educate, entertain, and you know, uh, hang out with you for just a little while. <laughs> Whatever you, while you're doing whatever you're doing, uh, hope you're on the treadmill, out doing some errands, doing some work, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm glad to be in your headphones. Glad you're listening to me. Uh, it's been a crazy week. I'm tired. I'm wired. I got way too much coffee in my system, but it's going to be okay. Uh, just fair warning today. I'm going to be patting myself on the back a little bit. I don't get to do it very often. So now that I have a chance to do it, I am going to do it. I'm going to do it fully uh, because a few things that I've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, they've come to fruition. And I kind of told you actually not even the past, couple, not even the past couple of weeks, past couple of months. Uh, and I, but I'll let you know about all that as we get to it uh uh yeah it's some, some good things man all of it good things and and hopefully a few things um that i'm going to talk about hopefully they you know they come back around uh just so i can tell you i told you so again but besides that i hope you all are doing well um let's, let's just get into it man let's get this episode going so we can get on with our weekend So today's new segment is brought to you by the letter Q as in quick, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to get this over quick. Uh, number one, it's not a lot of news. And number two, we got some other more important stuff to get to later on in the show. So I want to get this over and done. I could skip it, but I don't want to. <laughs> so we're not going to. Uh, so first things first, the Emmy nominations are out. Um, and there are two very specific nominations uh, for the 74th. I think this is the 74th. Might even be 75th or 6th or whatever. Either way, uh, the Emmy nominations are out. And there is two there are two uh specific nominations that are really important but we're going to save that for the uh later on in the show because that's when i get to pat myself on the back one good time <laughs> so moving along um i get to pat myself on the back for this so last week i told you there was there was a lot of noise online about uh ezra miller being replaced by elliot page so if you don't know, there's been this gigantic groundswell of support for Elliot Page to replace Ezra Miller uh, as the Flash going forward uh, with all the WB um, uh, DC films. Now, we all know that Ezra Miller got to go with all his legal troubles and, uh, and, and all the trouble that they, they, not he, they, that's his pronoun, uh, that's the pronoun, uh, that all the troubles that they are getting into, Ezra Miller has to be replaced. That goes hand in hand. We all know that. Um, so there's been this gigantic groundswell online about um, uh, about Elliot Page re re replacing them. Uh, 
Um, so the funny thing is, what did I say? I said, wow, that is not the choice that I particularly want. I could actually see WBDC actually doing it. Why? Number one, Elliot Page is a name. Elliot Page has been in X-Men movies. Elliot Page has an Oscar win for Juno. Yes, actually has one. Elliot Page right now stars in Umbrella Academy. Elliot Page knows his way around blockbuster uh, things. So guess what? I can actually see them doing it. I said that last week. And what do we have this week? We have WB Discovery. We have WB Discovery because they were bought by Discovery not too long ago. They are saying that Elliot Page is in the running to be the replacement for Ezra Miller. I told you that that it was a very good chance that that was going to happen. Like I said, it is not the choice I would make. I want Grant Gustin. The man has played The Flash on TV for eight seasons. He knows the way around the character. He is very good. That would be my choice. But I understand why WB Discovery and DC would actually go through with it being Elliot Page. Hey, whatever. Either way, we all know one thing for sure. We can all agree on one thing. Ezra Miller has got to go. Um, so Vince McMahon is still in trouble. And he's in a lot more trouble than he uh, was just a few weeks ago. So we know uh, an investigation started that led to his uh, dismissal as CEO of the company. Right now, his daughter is actually the uh, acting CEO of uh, all WWE business. Um, so Vince McMahon is being investigated for uh, using company funds to fund um, non-disclosure agreements with other female talent because he was sleeping around with them. So he paid them off to keep them quiet. So the investigation started. He said he would cooperate, and he did, and maybe he shouldn't have, because now they found another 12. Yes, 12, double digits, that number that comes right after 11 and right before 13, right smack in the middle, 12. They found another 12 on top of the first two that they found in the first place. Lord, I have no idea what Vinnie Mac is doing, but whatever it is, somebody please take this man's checkbook and, and sew his pants onto his waist to keep his penis in check, because this old dude is losing his mind. I don't even know how old Vince McMahon is. Uh, Vince McMahon is. I'm gonna have to look that up because I want. I'm pretty sure he's in his in his like 70s, late 70s, going on 80. Uh, hell, Harrison Ford just had a birthday just this past week. He turned 80, and I'm pretty sure they're just about the same age. And chicks are still sleeping. Any anything for the money, I guess. Lord Jesus, anything for the money. I, I can't do it. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> so if you are a fan of the Marvel shows on Disney Plus, you know we have She-Hulk coming and the CGI that we've seen thus far has been a little bit, let's just say it left something to be desired. But fear not, there has been a new image and a few other images leaked out to us from um, the uh, from Kat Koiro, uh, who is the director of the upcoming She-Hulk film. And I gotta say, the new CGI pictures look better. They look very good and i must also say that i am so glad because i was starting to get scared um, just about how bad that cgi was looking up front uh i want to post one of the pictures of the newer cgi photos on instagram make sure you go over there and check it out um, tatiana maslani in her green garb with the cgi actually looks really good now you actually start to see texture and a and a, and a good lifelike texture to her uh, to she hulk skin inside of uh inside of the CGI. It looks really good so far. Um, thanks. Um, thank, thankfully, we have new images to up, to update us as we go along. Um, we also get uh, uh, pictures of uh, Jamila Jamil, 
with playing the uh, classic She-Hulk villain Titania. Um, she actually looks really good. She's always looked good in her CGI. So I don't know why She-Hulk looks so bad versus Ti uh, Titania when hers always looked good. But maybe they were just toward the end of finishing or the uh, CGI for Titania or whatever. Whatever. Either way, they they both look really good going forward. Uh, actually, Kat Coro, who is the director, like I said before, she said that uh, the She-Hulk CGI, uh, it's going to look different and it may be shocking at first, but then you have to realize that it's going to be different because um, um, She-Hulk she and Titania, they aren't grizzled, fight-weary uh, uh, characters like hulk is and like thanos is so their cgi is going to look a little different it won't be as brainy it's going to be a little bit more smooth and that actually does make sense um she also stated that the cgi is still evolving and they have time to fix it before the show and to further improve it before the show actually airs and they are right and i guess that's kind of on not just me but all of us we need to be patient with these shows we can't if we don't get exactly what we want up front we always have to remember all of these shows all of these movies they are ever evolving things change as time goes on we have to enjoy what we have in front of us and just wait for the next thing to come down the pipe right right uh dat me up you know what i'm saying high five and all that um so uh what can i say about the boys the season is over and season three was fucking excellent i love i love the boys so much it is still my all-time favorite comic book series I love the boys. I love the spinoff Hero Gasm. Not the episode Hero Gasm. There is an entire spinoff series, Hero Gasm uh, comics, um, out there that they based that one episode off of. And that one episode was wow. <laughs> that one that one Hero Gasm episode was just out there. <laughs> Seriously, I knew it was going to be out there too. Uh, yeah, I I just can't wait for season four. Whatever they're doing for season four, I can just kind of wait for it. I can't wait to see it. Um, Loki season two, it's coming, and I have set photos to prove that it's coming. So number one, it looks like it's set in the seventies, and I'm only judging that because um, Sylvie is uh, in one of the screenshots, and she's wearing uh, a McDonald's outfit. She's working at McDonald's, and it is definitely one of the seventies. Um, uniforms uh, trust me i've seen enough commercials from every era of mcdonald's and i've been at mcdonald's more times than i care to admit to and um I, I know the uniforms anywhere i shouldn't but that just that's just how this nerdy part of my brain works uh, but yeah it's definitely 70s era um they actually have mcdonald's in one of the uh in a, in a few of the photo shots along with um uh the young man i always forget the dude's name that's playing Loki. i don't know why i'm his name right now whatever doesn't matter you understand what i'm talking about uh i'm looking forward to that there's no release date for it but i can't wait till that comes out that's going to be good i think second season is probably going to be a little bit more story driven and and i know a lot of people say well it was really heavily story driven in the first one but i think there's going to be a lot more story because there are a bunch of questions that were left hanging uh right at the end of season one and i think we're going to get answers to a bunch of those questions so let's just see how it all goes but that's coming that's later on like i said no release date hope it actually gets released um i'm going to guess probably next april that'd be my guess if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i think I'm right. either way um logan paul joined wwe yeah why i don't know why i guess because the circus needs at least one clown right so I, do, I don't know why jake paul does what he does he's not a real fighter i don't know what the hell to call him he's an entertainer he's getting paid he's getting paid a hell of a lot more money than i am so yeah 
<laughs> so I guess I can just shut up, right? Either way, uh, his brother Jake Paul has is, is, has even come out and said that he wants to. Uh, uh, well, he not wants to, but he's very open to the idea of joining his brother in WWE as like a tag team. Lordy, twenty twenty two is just full of surprises, ain't it? <laughs> so, so uh, this last story is actually about two separate entities directing movies in Marvel. They won't seem like they connect, but I'll tell you. But I'll tell you why in a second. So. Uh, the Russo brothers have come out and said they want to uh, direct a Secret Wars movie. Not to be confused with Secret Invasion, which is what Marvel is working on now, but Secret Wars. Now, Secret Wars goes back to 1985. Then they had a recent Secret Secret Wars run in 2015. I want to say 2015, 2014, one of the two. Um, and they were both very well received really good comic series if you've never read either one please read them um the second one in night in uh, 2014 or 15 whichever uh, that one dealt more along the lines of a multiverse setting and uh, so many heroes meeting copies of themselves and helping helping each other fight off uh and the enemy threat i won't spoil it for you because i do want you to go find it and read it um so i think maybe if they do direct a movie that one would fit more along the lines of what marvel is doing now and that's a really good idea the russo brothers are Wow, they're fantastic at directing and also fantastic at directing whether you want to believe it or not it's ben affleck and marvel is actually in active talks with him to direct a marvel movie now before you start to lose your shit and say that that is a bad idea think about this who directed iron man who also directed the mandalorian those are the same guy and guess what ben affleck directs in the exact same style Yes, John Favreau and Ben Affleck both have the same style when it comes to directing around dialogue and action in the same scene and making both punch. I'm telling you, if Ben Affleck directs a, a Marvel movie, it is going to be fantastic. The man has directed other big movies too, whether you want to believe it or not. Don't believe me? Argo, The Town, Live by Night, Gone Baby Gone, all four movies, and he's done other ones by the way. All, all four movies critically acclaimed and if I'm not mistaken they were all nominated at one point or another for an Oscar uh, I don't give a shit about Oscars but they do and that's kind of usually a gold standard for directors Russo Brothers directing Secret Wars Ben Affleck directing any Marvel movie really uh, I could think of probably two or three off the top of my head if I tried uh, that he'd be really good at um, trust me the, the, those are really good picks uh, I don't necessarily want Ben Affleck acting in them even and that's kind of his thing he'll direct a movie and act in it at the same time I just want him directing it and I want the Russo Brothers directing Secret Wars please let them do it uh, that's all the news for the day please check the Instagram page you know I always tell you to do that uh, I'm going to take a break grab me some water and when we come back I got a question for all you nerds out there Now, I'm a simple nerd. I see stuff, I like stuff, or I don't like stuff. If you ask me my opinion, I'll give you my honest opinion, and I keep it pushing. No muss, no fuss. I sit in my house when it comes to judging nerdy things like movies and music and all that, somewhere in the middle of artistic expression and source material. Honestly, to me, that's the best place to be. Number one, you never really get too pissed off about what things may you know things get changed and you still get to enjoy everything that comes out so the question i have to you all all my little nerdy friends out there is what in the hell do you actually want 
allow me to rant and you'll understand my question. So for the past few weeks, I've had messages left and right. I've had consistent conversations left and right. And people have asked me, well, why do you like Spider-Man No Way Home? Or why do I like the Batman? Or why did I say Morbius was okay instead of trash? And this, that, and the other. The reason why is because of what I just mentioned. I sit somewhere between artistic expression and source material. I understand when things get changed. Now, in my spare time, I write. So I understand that as you're writing something, things come up and you have to change things in order to fit the narrative that you're trying to tell. And I am okay with things being changed as long, and here's the catch, as long as it's not changed just for the sake of saying I changed it to make it mine. If you change something because you're trying to, say, make a, a sequel to it, so you alter something here and there so that a sequel will fit and then you go back to the original and the second one, then I'm okay with that. That's going to come up in the next segment. Just hold on to that idea. But those questions about why do I like certain things and why did I think this was okay instead of trash when actually all of it is trash and I don't believe that, but this is what people are telling me. Well, it begs me to question of asking you all, what the hell do you want? And this is what I mean in detail. Let's talk about a movie like Watchmen. Watchmen to me is the gold standard of comic book movies. It is the absolute best, hands down, period. Everybody else is just fighting for second place. Now that's not a bad thing about saying that to other comic book movies because I don't dislike other comic book movies just because I think Watchmen is the best all time. That's just my opinion because of how I look at things. But if you tell me that well, you can't say that because in order for a comic book movie to be great, it has to follow the source material. Well, I said, okay, you go read The Watchmen, and then you go watch the movie. I promise you, you won't be able to disagree with me when I tell you that Watchmen is 100% source material. They brought that damn uh, graphic novel to life. It was excellent. It was perfect. I love the acting. I love the scenery. I love the blood. I love the action. I love the cursing. Love everything. Everything in that movie was perfect but whenever you look at a list of great comic book movies and ask people to give you their top 10 nine times out of 10 Watchmen is either not on the list or it's number 10 i promise you it's always going to be like that so if you want source material why isn't Watchmen always on your on your tongue right so let's move away from that let's move to the other end of the spectrum just say you want something that's similar to the source material ingrained in the source material but you want something that pops on the screen, something that is really action-packed, something that gets you going, gets you invested in what's on the what's on the film, right? Not so much as the as the book itself that it's inspired by. Okay, then you have Batman, the one that just came out. And you have Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, they aren't huge departures from the comic book uh from their source materials, but they deviate from it slightly. And they give you great film film work. You have great dialogue. You have great action. You are, you are very invested in the movies. You are very invested in what happens to the characters. The movies pull you in and make it makes you feel like you're part of it. In different ways, obviously, because Batman is a little bit darker and a little bit more emotionally tense, right, than Spider-Man No Way Home, even though still, and I will admit, Andrew Garfield made me cry, but I digress. 
what if you want that, but you still tell me, well, you can't like one more than the other, and they're 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 both really not that good, and you want to lean have more heavily toward something like um, Captain America: The First Avenger or Endgame, which both heavily deviate from their <laughs> their comic book stories in order to tell another narrative, so it will fit into inside the MCU. And this is the conversation that keeps going back and forth between every single person that I know that talks about movies. Uh, they don't have podcasts, thank God, because they'd probably kill me <laughs> at doing it. <laughs> but still, um, these are the conversations that keep going back and forth. So the question I have is, nerds, my friends, my people, all of you, every last one of you, what do you want? Do you want creative license or do you want adhering strictly to the source material? And I'll tell you why you need to be in the middle. You don't want to lean heavily toward artistic license because then movies will deviate and they won't look anything like what we read and what we loved and what made comic books so special to us. And I don't want, you know, I don't want to go so far away from the nostalgia of the comic books that we forget where we came from. So, no, I don't want to lean heavily toward artistic license. But I also I also don't want to lean heavily toward um, sticking strictly to the source material. Because a lot of the source material is ridiculous and it would look ridiculous on screen. I'll give you the perfect example. And I've said this for years and people keep thinking I'm crazy. But now that time has gone on, people understand what I meant. Wolverine. I love Wolverine. Wolverine is one of my favorite X-Men. He's not my absolute favorite, but he's one of my favorite. I mean, how the hell can you not love a, you know, love a character whose whose body is covered in an indestructible metal and and is damn near immortal, right? I mean, hell, the man's literally gone to hell and clawed his way out. Again, I digress. But if you actually took Wolverine from the comic and put him on the screen, I promise you, as the viewing audience, you would not believe and you would not be invested in the Wolverine on screen as you would be in the comic book. Why? Because in the comic book, Wolverine is short. Very short. I'm 5'9", and Wolverine is still shorter than me. So imagine a man shorter than me, wider than me, heavier than me, in a yellow and blue spandex suit with wings on his head on in a movie. You would laugh yourself silly and walk the hell out of the theater. I love Wolverine. I don't want to see Wolverine in yellow and blue spandex on screen. I have no problem with people being short. I'm still considered short. I still don't want to see a five foot three Wolverine. Everything in the comics do not have to be translated directly into the movies. So again, I ask you, my people, Miente, my friends, everybody who is just like me, seriously, sit down and ask yourself, what do you actually want? So Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus has finally come to an end. Um, the last episode, episode six, just de- debuted this past Wednesday, and it was it was a very fitting finale um, for a show that was as close to the source material as you can possibly get it. Wow, it, it was so good. Uh, the ending the ending does uh, take away parts of her um, origin story. Uh, and, and throws it out the window and comes up with a new um, 
a new story about the origin of her powers. But I think they stick close enough to the uh, source material where it's not really that big a deal. Plus, there's actually still some mystery around the origin of her powers to where they're, if they wanted to, they can retcon it further to make it fit exactly what's in the uh, uh, comic book. But I don't think they need to. I think right where they're at with this idea that she may be a mutant or she may be something else. Um, either way it goes, I, I believe that the series itself is a very, tr a very fitting um, uh, a port over from the comic book to a TV show. Uh, it's about as close to the comic book as I've seen anything to come out of the MCU um, really is not just as far as the character itself, but the, the, the tone of the story and how the story is told and how uh, Iman Vellani plays Kamala Khan. And really, I don't even think uh, she's playing. I, I, I really believe that they, they, they hit the nail on the head when they cast uh, Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan. Um, I think in the long run, people will come to realize that this casting is right up there with casting Robert Downey Jr. as um, Iron Man, um, Tony Stark. It she's that good. If you ever, if you've never read the comic, I, I promise you, one hundred percent, Iman Vellani is Kamala Khan. There is no difference between the two. Um, she did such a wonderful job, and to believe that this is her her debut, right? She's never been in anything else. This is the very first thing she's ever been in, and to to understand just how great she is at that is is crazy. Um, but getting to the show, um, I don't know what to tell you what the show is, but I can tell you what the show is not right. And then maybe that will help you tell you what the show is. Um, what the show is not in, in general terms is it's not a continuation of anything. This is a new character. Um, Iman Vellani is coming, is playing Kamala Khan, who we've not seen in the MCU. So there is, there are no return faces um that in there are no return faces from the MCU proper from the movies into this show um it's an all new story which is pretty good because it'd be kind of silly to be debuting this character with somebody we already saw um, much like America Chavez in um in Doctor Strange 2 it's a brand new character and uh, the young ladies playing both these characters are just fantastic at the characters they play um this is not a continuation of a story this is a new story. This is the jumping off point for what I believe will be the, the young Avengers at some point down the line for the MCU. Um, what this show is not, it's I, as much as everybody wants to believe it's the, it's the Muslim equivalent to uh, black Panther. I don't believe that it's not. Um, I would say it's more along the lines of the equivalent to maybe Moon Knight, basically because they're both, uh, series instead of just movies um so with that being said I, I what i think we have here in uh ms marvel is we have the one thing that the mcu was desperate to get even from a super fan as myself what the mcu needed was not just a fresh face in the forefront um, and I don't mean just a new character. I mean, somebody who's playing the character that we had never seen. Um, you could say that you, you might want to say that, Hey, Moon Knight was a fresh face, but we all knew Oscar Isaac long before Moon Knight was ever a thing. Right. Um, yeah, not just a fresh face playing a character, but a breath of fresh air to the MCU as a whole. Um, all we've seen so far is adults. 
America Chavez aside, uh, aside, um, being the heroes and taking on the brunt of the work, but we really haven't under we really haven't had a voice of the youth within inside the MCU completely yet. Yeah, we like I said, we've seen America Chavez inside of uh, Doctor Strange too, but really she she she's fighting for her life and her very existence. She really doesn't have too much going on as far as uh, character development, and I believe we'll get that down the line in some in some type of Young Avengers project. Um, but that breath of fresh air, that that injection of youth, that complete turn away from what the MCU is and has been for the past two decades, we understand that to be now what Kamala Khan is. And I believe that if they do go ahead with the um, uh, Young Avengers, which I am truly hoping that they do, I believe we will have we will have a sea change within the MCU. Everything will start to feel different. Everything will start to look different. Uh, stories will be told different. I don't think the tone of the stories will be as um, as comical. I don't want to say it like that. Um, we won't have as many jokes, but we will still have comedy because comic books aren't meant to be all serious, all dark, all brooding all the time. They, there is meant to be light and comedy and jokes. And believe me, if you've read anything from Ms. Marvel, you will understand the, the comedy is coming, whether you want it or not. Um, uh, she's that much of a super fan. She super fans out even when she's in the middle of fighting. Um, but that breath of fresh air that we need it so very much for the MCU is in uh, Ms. Marvel. And if you've never watched the show, if you don't understand it, understand what I'm talking about, watch it and compare it to all, not just the Disney plus shows, but compare the vibe. And I'm using that word because that is the word for the youngins. You compare that vibe to everything else that has come before it. Right. You, you will see that there's a complete, shift away from what the mcu was toward what the mcu can be and that duality is what ms marvel is the entire show uh kamala khan that duality is all of that kamala khan waffles back and forth between just being a regular teenager and being the super fan and being a good daughter and a good member of her family and a good muslim and then having to switch gears into being a superhero at any given moment but even when she's the superhero um when she's fighting the bad guy she's still <laughs> you know she's still on her cell phone texting her friends and eating snacks on the run and she just wants to be normal but her normal is going to be very much different going forward now that she has the mask and the costume and she is very much a superhero in her own right that duality within Kamala Khan as displayed by Iman Vellani is what the MCU is starting to turn into. And I, and I urge everyone to be patient and let the MCU roll into whatever it's going to be. Do not get upset with the changes that they make because those changes are going to be necessary in order to keep the story, keep the overall arc of the stories going and building and turning into something greater as the days go on. Um, if you have not watched Kamala Khan and her adventures as uh, as becoming Ms. Marvel. Watch the series. It is very fun. 
uh, you it is full of laughs, but it is also full of heart. Uh, if you've never read the comics, please go to your local comic book store and read some of the Miss Marvel comics. They are very funny, but they are very fun, and they have some great stories. Um, I would like to remind everybody that that last bit, trust me, when they retcon the origin of her powers, pay attention to what they say. They don't actually say she is X. And when I say X, you know what I mean by that. If you've seen it, if you haven't seen it, X is the fill in the blank after you go watch the last episode. Um, they don't actually say what her powers come from. They leave it open ended because they said going into it, they retconned her origin, her powers to fit the narrative going forward. And as time goes on and we see more of her, the origin from the comic book would come to light. That's where I say, have patience, let it go. It will get there when we get there. Um, I'll be right back and we're going to get out of here for the weekend. So here we go with the last pause. Time to get out of here. It's time to go enjoy our weekends. It's just time to relax and reset and revamp and get ourselves recharged because Monday will be back around way, way too soon, right? Um, I was going to do this uh, earlier in the program, but I decided to just wait till now. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back for a couple of things. Um, number one, um, like I was talking about in the Emmys, uh, uh, they they announced all of the nominees for all of the different uh, categories. It is a shitload of categories. I didn't know there was that many categories in this thing after looking it up so I could get confirmation on what I'm about to talk about. Um, but one of the uh, things that happened, uh, one of the nominees, I should say, that happened for Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance from this year, one of the nominees is Chadwick Boseman for the What If series from him voicing over uh, T'Challa Star-Lord from, from that uh, particular episode um i said it when that episode was out he would probably get nominated i said it you can go back and listen to it if you want if you want to um i said he would probably get nominated um simply because he he, he passed away and yep sure indeed he got nominated um i personally don't believe they should have nominated him for it while i thoroughly enjoyed the what if series i love the what if series i don't think he was it was necessary to nominate him. There were other voiceover actors and uh, actresses that did voiceover work that were far better. And a bunch of them did get nominated, like uh, Julie Andrews on Bridgerton, um, F. Murray Abraham doing the uh, voiceover for Moon Knight. He voiced um, uh, 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 the, 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 the crow, the, the stork. A Khonshu, thank you. Lord have mercy. Thank you. Thank you. you pointing at me at Really? You not remember that? Yes. F. Murray Abraham voiced Kanju in Moonlight. So I believe somebody like that deserved uh, the nomination and one of them deserves to win. Now, I am glad that they uh, nominated um, Chadwick Boseman, but to me, it seems more like pandering because let's be quite honest, if he was still with us, he would be, uh, he would definitely be um, our Black Panther going forward and we wouldn't miss him so much, but they probably would not have nominated seriously they wouldn't have the same type of performance he gave in the what if series which i believe was great by the way before anybody starts to jump on me is the same performance he gave us as black panther did they nominate him for uh, uh, uh 
best actor? No, they didn't. Why? Because it wasn't necessary. As great as he was, there were other better actors that year. Now, just my own personal opinion, I believe Black Panther should have won Best Picture. But hey, man, that's in the past. So I pat myself on the back for calling it out that they were going to nominate him for um, an Emmy and probably an Oscar if necessary uh, for best voiceover work. And I'm glad. Um, I'm glad they nominated him. But to me, it, it just seems like pandering because if he was still with us, definitely would not have nominated him for it. Um, now, here's the big one. Here's the big one where I'm going to pat myself on the back. And I'm sorry if I'm taking a lot of time for the uh, last call, but I need to get to so, an outstanding main title, uh, and uh, a couple of other things. One of them was um, uh, outstanding short series, or outstanding original short series, uh, something like that. Um, one of the nominees is Cowboy Bebop. And I'm going to pat myself on the back because I told everybody when this series was made, it was perfect. It, or just short of perfect. It was exactly like the anime. Yes, they tweaked a handful of things in order to make it run as a second season because they were trying to incorporate the movie. Yes, Cowboy Bebop had a movie and, and most Cowboy Bebop fans do not want to talk about it, but it had a movie. And they were trying to incorporate a lot of that into the series. And I and I told everybody, there was nothing wrong with this, this uh, live action adaptation. It is still to me the best or the second best, depending on how depending on the day of the week um, with Rurouni Kenshin, but it is still one of the top two best uh, anime adaptations they have ever done. Anybody has ever done. And I said that when they canceled it, that they were going to regret it. And here we are, Cowboy Bebop getting nominated for a few Emmys, actually, not just one or two. I think it's three total, maybe even four total. But I told everybody, there's nothing wrong with this series. The problem with the series was that nobody gave it a shot. Nobody actually stopped, looked at it, and gave it an honest shot. Everybody was pissed off from Jump Street. Because, why? Because most anime adaptations are bad, and everybody just expected it to be bad. So they just said it's bad right from Jump Street without actually watching it. And then the ending to the series, while it did not end exactly as the anime, it ended in a way that it could be continued into a second season, which was the point in the first place. And that was done by the man who created the damn series in the first place. The man who created the anime, Shinichiro Watanabe, create, helped create the, the live action adaptation so it can have a second season. So he can not only finish what he started with the anime and do more stories, but they can also roll over more of what was in the anime into the second season. And I told everybody that there was nothing wrong with it, but here we go. They will not nominate this show if it wasn't good. This now that show was damn good, and I will I will die on that hill if you don't believe me. And I just don't care. I'm patting myself on the back because I told everybody how good it was, and I hope they win. I really do. I hope Cowboy Bebop wins at least one of the not one of the uh, damn uh, statues, and I I I want to. I'm I hope they win because I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna rub it more in people's faces just how good that damn show was. Anyway, um, and also before we get out of here, I'm bringing back something that we used to do that I have not done in a while. We're going to do the weekend watch list. Yeah, clap your hands and put that together. because I have not done that in a while. It's been a few months since I've done the weekend watch list. I used to do it on Instagram, but then I just left it alone because it really wasn't getting traction. But here I am doing it again because people are asking for it. So maybe I'll just keep it here. 
I'll keep the weekend watch list right here on the podcast. I'll just tell you what it is instead of me going and making a whole separate video for Instagram. So uh, weekend watch list is pretty good. It's got anime, got some TV series, got a movie, got a little nostalgia in it. So first thing on Netflix, Bastard. That's our anime pick for the week. Um, a word of warning if you're going to watch Bastard. Number one, no kids. If you have little one, they cannot see this. Yes, it's that bad. It is that violent and it has some borderline racy stuff in it. You cannot let the little ones watch this. Please don't let them watch this. Um, uh, close the door. Uh, if and Number two, if you have a lady friend or a friend or man friend that kind of looks at you sideways because they look at the anime you watch and it's like really boobs and nudity it's not a lot of nudity but stuff there i'm telling you there are some borderline stuff in bastard on netflix uh just be careful or have a lot of explanations on hand and just in case they catch you watching it um also on netflix in our movie category um resident evil so our movie and series and tv and uh streaming series they're going to be together um so you're going to get one of each um streaming series resident evil just dropped on netflix it dropped uh thursday i want to say it dropped thursday it's either wednesday or thursday but that series is on there uh if you play destiny yep commander zavala is playing albert wesker i'm not going to tell you who that is if you don't know what i mean just go watch the series uh, very very good actor playing albert wesker and i think that's going to piss off a lot of people because he's not white <laughs> so you know how people are about that but whatever i don't care i'm going to watch the series and see how good it is i got a feeling it's not going to be great because Resident Evil is such a hard property to um, turn into live action. They've tried for so long and they've struck out almost every single time. Um, let's just see how it goes. I, I won't, I won't, you know, jinx myself into being bad, but we shall see. Um, and also on Hulu, The Princess. It's a movie. Stars Joey King. Um, I, I just want to see it because it's Joey King. She's a very good young actress. Um, the idea of the of the movie is that some uh, this very strong-willed princess refuses to marry the guy she's uh, she's been hooked to, and he basically kidnaps her and locks her in the tower. And then we get a lot of action until that comes to a head. I won't spoil the movie for you because hell, I don't even know exactly everything about it. And I'm gonna watch this weekend. Um, in our nostalgia category, Blazing Saddles. Um, this movie came up in conversation with a friend of mine a few days ago. He had never seen it. Now he's my age and he has never seen Blazing Saddles. He's not a big comedy movie fan. And I tried to tell him, I said, look, whether you're a comedy movie fan or not, Blazing Saddles is one of those movies you have to see. It is culturally relevant ever since they made it way back in 1974. I told him to go watch the movie. He watched it and he saw me the next day and he said he had never laughed that hard at a movie in his life. Like I said, I told you that movie is just so damn ridiculous, so damn ridiculous and so over the top. Uh, it was directed and written by Mel Brooks, but it was also written in part by Cleavon Little, who stars in the, in the movie. And it also was written uncredited by Richard Pryor. Bet most people didn't know that. Yep, Richard Pryor helped write the movie along with Mel Brooks, Cleveland Little, and Gene Wilder actually stars in the movie as well. Uh, he also had a little hand in helping writing some of the lines and the script and all that. Um, but yeah, that's your weekend watch list. And um, that's it. It is time to go. It is time to need to get some sleep. But it is still early on Friday. I'm going to go take me a nap. Unfortunately, I got to go to work this afternoon. Yeah, but 
that's okay sneak out of there early or something right <laughs> come on and have a drink and hang out with the kids and wife. uh but besides that uh you all enjoy your weekend enjoy whatever you're gonna do stay out of trouble keep yourself safe keep your family safe uh so for my producer nikki rev and willie i know you're out there listening for him and uh for for uh for marcus because i know he's out there listening to me and him talk uh every so often i know he's out there listening and we need to get uh all three of us me willie and marcus we need to get all three of us back in here and do another episode that was a fun episode way back when and everybody responded to it really well so either way uh so for my producer nikki rev who's waving and telling me to hurry the hell up and get the hell out of here um i'm jake alexander and i will end this episode the same way i always do god bless i love you and peace see you next time Listening to the Tweakle Podcast.